What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome. It's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Jeff Wiggins, Rebel HQ contributor, host of We Gonna Be All Right. Always a fascinating breakdown. Top story of the day Mike Pence, once again, talks big and bad about he stood with the Constitution over a man that the country is more important than one person's profession. And then when posed the question, would you support Trump again if he was the nominee? Well, watch the tap dance. Here it is. It's a few days ago, the former president had this to say about you. He said, quote, I feel badly for Mike Pence, who is attracting no crowds, enthusiasm or loyalty from people who, as a member of the Trump administration, should be loving him. The VP had power that Mike didn't understand. So you hear there, he is still claiming to this day that you had the power to reject electoral votes. And his lawyers are suggesting reasonable people can disagree on whether you had that authority. Well, Dana, President Trump was wrong then and he's wrong now. I had no right to overturn the election. Very clear that under the Constitution of the United States, Article 2, my responsibility as vice president, as president of the Senate, was to preside over a joint session of Congress where the Constitution says the electoral votes shall be opened and shall be counted. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I, I really do believe that, that people all across this country are, are coming to realize that more every day. Although, as I've told you before, Dana, I, over the last two years, I've been deeply humbled how many Americans have come up to me and expressed their appreciation. I mean, I truly do believe that uh, we kept our oath to the Constitution that day. But the American people deserved to know that President Trump, you know, asked me to put him over my oath to the Constitution. But I kept my oath and I always will. And I'm running for president in part because I think anyone who puts themselves over the Constitution should never be president of the United States. Wow. Here's the thing. You know, the Americans Pence is talking about those people who have thanked him. He's talking about Democrats and progressives, not Republicans. Okay. Now you heard what he said, a man that would do what Donald Trump has done, they don't deserve to be president of the United States. Well, okay, this should be an easy one then, here it is. You have said before, you said again, just a few minutes ago that anyone who puts himself over the constitution should never be president. If he is the nominee, could you support him? Well, well, Dana, you you know you guys like to talk about the polls on CNN a lot. Everybody does, but look, it's awful early here. I mean, we're still about six months away from uh, from Iowa, and then right after that, New Hampshire. And I, I got to tell you, I I really do believe that there's a 
there's a lot of Republicans that know we not only need new leadership in the White House, but we need new leadership in the Republican Party. I mean, we can't endure four more years of the failed and feckless leadership of President Joe Biden and the Democrats in the Senate. We, we've got to turn this thing around. And everywhere I go, more and more people are coming up. More, more people are understanding, I think, the stand that we took that day. So, uh, and even the minority of Republicans that have had a different view of what I did that day have been coming up to me. And so does that mean you can rule out? For which I'm humbled. But I got to tell you, everywhere I go, people are telling me, thank you for talking about the issues we're dealing with. Uh, and not what the media is talking about any given day of the week. You you can say right here that you will rule out voting for Donald Trump again for president. <laughs> Dan, I will tell you, I, I, I don't think we'll have to make that decision. Uh, I'm, what if you I'm do? confident I'll be able to support the Republican nominee, especially if it's me. I need you to understand what you just saw and what he's actually saying. He said very clearly that Donald Trump wanted him to violate the very foundation of democracy. Very clearly he articulates that Donald Trump wanted him to violate the very constitution itself. And that Pence stood with the constitution over one man because, well, he's not a coward. He has guts, he's strong. But if Trump happens to get power again, all of a sudden, Pence cannot answer the question, is the man more powerful, more important, more imperative than the US Constitution? He sidestepped, duck, dodge, deny, and deflect. He can talk bold in one context, but becomes quiet as a church mouse on another. The reality is if Mike Pence actually took a moral stand, it would be no problem answering the very easy follow up question. You just said a man like that should never be president of the United States. She didn't even ask you, would you endorse him? Mm. The question was, would you vote for him? And you could not even answer that question. Sir, there's a reason why you have no crowds. It's not because you're anti-Trump, hell, Chris Christie anti-Trump, he got crowds. <laughs> he at least in some polls, he's at 10%. You are a very traditional politician, sir. You talk out of both sides of your mouth and people know it. Now, granted, all of you guys do this, some do it better than others. But Pence, come on, man, the guy tried to have you assassinated. You did not stand with the Constitution, you stood with Dan Quayle. You tried to do exactly what Trump said needed to be done in order to secure his power. But you didn't do it. Let me tell you why you really didn't do it. Because you always wanted to be President of the United States. Now, you took the job for that reason. Now, if you were a thinking man, you would have supported the impeachment process. That would have made you President pretty quickly if you could have got a few Republicans on your side. But you decided to. Hedge bets, hope that he would not get reelected. Of course, you're not going to um, encourage him to remain in power. But damn, sir, you just said the man has no business being president. And then you cannot articulate if you would simply not vote for the guy. All right, Jeff, am I seeing it wrong here? 
What I'm seeing is somebody outside of a venue tap dancing with like a little suitcase open so people can come <laughs> up and give him money or something like that. I question if anyone is coming up to him thanking him, let alone who's thanking him. Because I think you said this earlier, it's probably Democrats and progressives, maybe even liberals who are thanking him if anyone's doing so. Shout out to Dana Bash for asking repeated consecutive follow up questions, by the way. Mike yeah. Pence is actually, you know what? There's this TikTok I saw the other day from this guy. I think his name was Nathan Rio. He talked about how the evangelical fundamentalist movement doesn't embrace Mike Pence, even though Mike Pence is who they think they would like, but they sure do love Trump and he has no resemblance of their movement. And I think that's fascinating. So I think he's gonna try to stick with that moving forward, but I cannot see it working. Yeah. We shall update as it develops. All right, we have a follow up to a story we covered last week. Popeye's workers, according to the narrative, came outside of the building, went into a customer's car and did this. Pulled out her hair. She provided some commentary about what happened. Let's keep that picture up. One of the things she said was, I was thinking, why me? She was also thinking she would not get back to her family during the assault. The individuals involved were arrested. They have been charged. There's a lawsuit now. Attorney Davis has filed a lawsuit. Let's put up parts of the complaint. It says complaint comes now. Denitra Dawson, who's the plaintiff, and hereby makes and files this complaint against 755 Restaurant Corporation, DBA Popeyes Louisiana Kitchen, defendant, Tanister Evans, Tanise Taylor, Zaria Evans, and shows this honorable court the following. Parties, jurisdiction, and venue one. Plaintiff, Denitra Dawson is a resident of the state of Georgia and files this action against the defendant, 755 Restaurant Corporation, DBA Popeyes. Denise Evans, Denise Taylor, and Zaria Evans to hold the defendant Popeyes accountable for its employees' violent attack upon and physical beating administered to Ms. Dawson on September 3rd, 2022, causing her to suffer injuries, harms, and losses for which the defendants bear moral and legal liability. Um, we have been in communication directly with the attorney, the lead attorney on this case. Uh, the young lady who was attacked, obviously this was an extreme experience. And now the wheels of justice, at least civil justice are moving in the right direction. One of the dynamics involved is that the local restaurant owner, according to the report, did not properly do a background check on individuals who are working there. Now I'm no advocate of dismissing folk because they've had a previous run in with law enforcement, not at all. I have companies myself, we hire individuals who have had entanglements with law enforcement, I have no problem with that. Typically there's a process to make sure that we are operating both in good faith. I don't think Popeye's had any process whatsoever because they, according to the report, didn't even bother. And this has been something systemic inside of black communities in particular. We wanna make sure that there's opportunity for rehabilitation, there's opportunity for mentorship, there's opportunity for training. Correction has its place, 
But if you don't even bother to check, if you don't even bother to check, and it is the custom, the policy, and the rule. Well, what are you saying about the people you serve? All right, um, we shall see as this story develops. But Jeff, this was a hell of a thing because according to the complaint, the young lady simply went back to get the order fixed mm-hmm. or updated because the order was incorrect. Yeah, and when you presented this last week, as far as news goes, I didn't know this was the family affair. So apparently, as you just alluded to, Tanisha Evans and her sister and her daughter attacked a woman who was getting food for her family. So imagine that, a family of individuals almost prevented someone from going home to their own family. Like that is devastatingly sad, just for something that's seemingly simple, like Burger King made a whole statement, logo, slogan about this thing, have it your way. They'll fix your order or prepare it correctly. And Popeye's employees apparently had an issue with it, jumped in the passenger seat of the car and attacked the woman. Yep, you know, if the company would have taken the normative steps to make sure there was a background, if there was an issue, the person provides a statement explaining what happened, explaining their transformation. These things are quite common in the workplace. But when you don't do that, and when you don't have any of these explanations on file, well, now you have a liability because you did not do due diligence at all. You could have mm-hmm. come with the same outcome, meaning the person is employed. But the fact that you did not do any due diligence to mitigate liability, you now have full liability because you did nothing. All right. Okay. Uh, this has been going around social media. Whole lot of videos, part one, part two, part three. We have done our best to bring you the facts as they happened. This was in Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama, a place called Riverfront, very popular attraction. Security guard was attacked by white males, fought back, and then more. Here it is. That guy in the white shirt. You know, I do not advocate for violence. Um, it was a fight between two individuals. Why jump the man? Hmm? That's a cowardly move. Here's what happened next.
as I said, I do not condone, I do not advocate for violence. The security officer was obviously defending himself. He was attacked unprovoked. What happened afterwards was according to the internet, a mermaid gangster. That's what he's being called. Swam in order to even the odds, okay? At a point, it became clear that the individuals were going to remain aggressive. And that's when everybody else, well, they decided to get involved too. Let me give you the background as we have details now. All right, let's put it in the picture. The brawl occurred on the riverfront in Montgomery, Alabama. Now, a friend of mine actually texted me this. Um, she's an NAACP leader. That area that you're looking at was actually a slave port, ironically. Oh my gosh. It was a slave port and people locally are well aware of the history of that area known as Riverfront. It went viral on Sunday night. The mayor has reacted, vows justice will prevail. Montgomery Mayor Stephen L. Reed said in a statement Sunday that several people involved in the fighting Saturday evening have now been detained. Justice will be served, end quote. Reed indicated that the man from the riverboat was attacked and that those who committed violence against him would face justice. Quote, the Montgomery Police Department acted swiftly to detain several reckless individuals for attacking a man who was doing his job, he said. Police told WSFA that the fight was reported um, at about 7 p.m. Saturday. Um, so it looks as if at least right now the narrative is correct. The mayor is aware of the proper narrative that the individual we see clearly, the video, the security officer was attacked, it was unprovoked. And those who have been detained should be the ones who attacked them. We do not have the official names as of yet. I do expect those names to come out this week. But once again, violence that did not have to happen perpetrated by individuals who in my opinion, what they did what they did because they didn't like who he was more so than what he was doing. All right, Jeff thoughts. That hat toss was the physical equivalent of black people screaming and hoo and everybody <laughs> coming running. Look, hey, some background here. On July 7th, 1911, an African American man named Nathaniel Alexander of Lynchburg, Virginia, patented a folding chair, a folding chair. According to his patent, Nathaniel Alexander designed his chair to be used in schools, churches, and auditoriums. Apparently, folding chair was used in this fight too, but we didn't <laughs> see it in the video footage. It's all good. Um, when I saw that kid swimming across the water in order to help in that situation, I started screaming anything is possible like KG after he won his championship. This was the funniest day on black Twitter since the N-word Navy from uh, Yahoo Finance a couple of years ago. This was a whole lot. I hope justice is served because as we know from American history, had nobody stepped in and helped, possibly this could have been a lynching. Yeah, and I wanna remind everyone of the law in Alabama, okay? You can fight somebody in self-defense and you can engage in physical combat. In the defense of others, it is in the Alabama statute, mm. right? All right, 
We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Let me first give a big shout out to my homie, David Schmidt. Now here's the thing, we started our journey when I first began here at TYT. And he said, listen, would you be my mentor? Of course, yes. And over the course of two years plus, I'm happy to call him friend. All right, so happy birthday, my dear friend. Okay, we got a lot of comments. I'll read as many as I can. Bills drag circuit of wagons. I shouldn't laugh, but I kind of lost it when I saw that man swim across the river during that fight. I've never seen anyone join the fight, want to join the fight that badly. He literally turned the ties to help that security. That's right. To help a security guard. That's right. Uh, Cray, Cray, Souffle. Damn, damn, damn. That has gone and it's on like Donkey Kong. And here comes the cavalry, especially love, bro, uh, the merman uh, that swam over to help the guard. Yeah. I mean, that was an efficient stroke, man. I mean, it's amazing. All right, C. Michael Henson. Thank you, C. Michael. <laughs> Mike Pence sounded like the lyrics to an R. Kelly song. Step. <laughs> Step, step to the side. Either you endorse him or you don't. I think him scared. He, of course, he's scared. Yeah. And Cyber Gothica. A lot of them attacking one single guy that could have been in a disaster. That's right. And they felt emboldened to do this in front of everybody. Now you got to remember, they jumped on a security guard in front of everyone. Cameras galore, police are right down the street, it's riverfront. All right, got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen Wood. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Back up, back up. Well, please, you better back up, lady, please. Just go to your vehicle, please. This is, here listen, listen, sweetheart, this is America. This is a free. I know Black Lives Matter. Get your ass out of here. Get your ass out of this parking lot. Now. I can't believe this right now. I can't believe you. I can't believe your attitude. This is, this is amazing. Why are you here? Why, Why are you are harassing me is what I want to know. Because you have been sitting here, I've been watching. Enjoying myself, right? Enjoying myself, huh? <laughs> yeah, in this parking lot. Enjoying the sunshine, just enjoying my business. <laughs> Good. Go about your business. Get your business ass. Sweetheart, you just go hack. Enjoy your day. Look, your dog needs some water. Your my dog, dog needs some water. water. You need to give your, your, your pet some water. You don't have a sticker, you don't belong here. Hi, my name is Candy. And I don't like this guy. I I fear this guy. You fear I'm fearing you right now. <laughs> Candy. Ma'am. Now I'm sure you done told a lot of lies in your life. But you are not Candy, ma'am. All right, here's the thing. It then got physical, all right? She decided to start hitting his property. 
Then it also got, well, she evolved into a super Karen. Here it is. Okay, can you go back to your car, please, ma'am? No, you just get out of here. This is my parking lot. You get your ass out of here. Oh. Get out oh, of here. Oh, wow. Get out of here. Nay, ma'am. Ma'am. Ma'am, what can you calm down? What is what's wrong with you? <laughs> what is wrong I with you? I don't like you. You might is it my is it my is it my skin color? You have been you have been sitting here for more than an hour. You said your mom lives here. You said your mom lives in 911. There's no such thing as 911. This is this black man harassing a white woman. Oh yeah. Oh. It don't look like it, cause I, I'm in my area and you're not in your area. Can you go in your your? Whoa, come on now, back up now, ma'am, ma'am, please, back up, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, I think the brother was legitimately afraid at the end when he rolled the window up. I mean, that was a scary moment. All right. So here's the thing, I know some people say, well, maybe she didn't know what she was doing, maybe she was drinking, maybe she's having a senior moment. Well, she understood clearly that making up a false narrative against a black man by saying a black man is attacking a white woman may actually get her somewhere, okay? She had enough sense to pull that one. And if she has enough sense to pull that lie out of the hat, well, what do you think she's doing? She's being intentional, okay? Now, I'm not saying that some kind of harm should have come to her because of her aggressive behavior. Obviously, he does not believe that he needs to get out and physically assault or defend himself. Nope, he decided to be very, well, decent and honestly, very courteous. Try to remind her of some of her responsibilities like your dog is hot as hell, needs some water. Reminding her this is America, a free country. Uh, that possibly she is engaged in racism because of the color of his skin. She was, she was desperately trying to figure out how to make him seem like he was wrong, but he was right the entire time. Uh, very charming how the anti-Karen dealt with this whole situation. Let's put up the picture full mass. That's somebody's auntie. That's somebody's grandmother, probably. Uh, An intervention is warranted immediately. She walked up on a person who was not going to harm her. That's not a chance that I would want one of my loved ones to continue taking. Because her, her attitude and her aggression could cause someone to defend themselves in a significant and severe way. Uh, so uh, she's being dubbed the Denver Super Karen. Uh, she did claim that he was in the parking lot stalking the lot. And at one point, according to the narrative, was doing this in order to rob somebody. All right, Jeff thoughts. My man's deference and respect for her is amazing. And because you're gonna see the difference of his perhaps true fear of her and her professed fear of him. 
I was looking at the definition of fear or being afraid because I kind of forgot what it was. But she talked about how she was scared of him as she approached him and confronted him. So maybe I need to reassess what I think fear is. And I was also cataloging what she could be enjoying instead of talking to this man. The sunshine, the view, her own car, and her own puppy. There's a million other things she could have been doing instead of bothering this man. But because of his skin color and because he was, I don't know, alive, she took it upon herself to go over and approach him. Yeah. And you allude to a great point. You know, I have never seen a Karen afraid of a black male. <laughs> I don't know where that narrative came from. Yeah. Uh, I have never seen it every single time. Karens are hyper aggressive against black mm-hmm. men. I have never seen fear until it is used as a narrative contrary to the truth. That is the only time it is submitted. But in the midst thereof, there's no fear in these characters. Okay, hell of a thing, we covered this on day one. A cop has now been charged, charged for killing a man while he was in his bed. I'm gonna remind you of the video, give you the update, here it is. We're gonna send that dog in. That's working 3D, 91, I have Hands, 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 Hands behind your back. Call for a 24. Hands. 43 hands, started to 24. Get your hand behind. Stop resisting. He's pulling away. 104, we're on the three. Stomach. Okay. Okay. You want to go near that? Yes. He shot the man. Killed him. In the process of him dying, handcuffs. Stop resisting. It's not resisting. Doesn't have the strength to resist. His body muscles are twitching because that's what happens to your. That's what happens to your body when you die. Put up the picture. It's a damn shame. Officer Ricky Anderson shot and killed Donovan Lewis within seconds of encountering him. Former Ohio cop Ricky Anderson served for 30 years with the Columbus Division of the Police Department. Has now been indicted by a local grand jury for the fatal shooting of the 20 year old Donovan Lewis. A warrant was issued for Anderson's arrest. The incident, the incident was extreme. The indictment comes after a thorough investigation, according to the authorities, by the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation. The case was presented to the county prosecutor's office on December 2022. Anderson faces charges of murder and reckless homicide in connection with the shooting that occurred on August 30th, 
2022 on Sullivan Avenue. On that day, officers were at the scene to apprehend Lewis, who had multiple warrants, including charges related to domestic violence and assault. Body cam from the incident showed clearly Anderson opening the door to the bedroom in the apartment and immediately firing at Lewis who was in bed. Look at that, no weapon, there was never a weapon. He was holding a vape pen. Lewis was handcuffed, taken out of the apartment, received life-saving measures according to the report, but he died because of the gunshot wound at a nearby hospital. The coroner's report showed that Lewis died within minutes of being shot in the abdomen. As I said, he was in the process of dying while they're screaming, stop resisting. It was causing damage to internal organs, talking about the bullet, uh, organs before the bullet lodged into his pelvis. The officer had a history of citizen complaints. We talked about this when it happened, including issues related to the use of force, to use of force and violating police rules. Dating back all the way back to 2001, he retired, he was allowed to retire from the police department March. 2023 in bad standing due to the ongoing criminal and administrative investigation. Let's go to one of the attorneys. This is Robert Gresham. Mr. Gresham is one of the family attorneys. And he said, and I quote, the family has been asking for Officer Anderson to be fired since August of 2022 when the shooting happened. And it was cowardly for him to retire. And I concur with you. Lewis's mother, Rebecca Duran, was relieved by the grand jury's decision stating, they have always believed Anderson broke the law by shooting her unarmed son while he lay in his bed. I completely 100% agree. Let's talk about the negligence of the department. You see, Anderson, the cop, he's a product of a system. Now, is he a corrupt, psychopathic human being? Of course he is. In my opinion, that's all he is. But he does not have the power, the authority to operate in official capacity without that authority being given to him through the police department. His complaint record goes all the way back to 2001. 2001. You saw what I saw in that video. Quick. Determined, looked to me that he had his mind made up when he went into the house. And when he said, it looks like it's something in his hand. You see, that should have been an indictable situation that same night. Why? Because officers are supposed to know or believe you did in fact have a weapon. He didn't say, I think he has a weapon. He just said, I think he has something in his hand that does not rise to the level of you being able to become the executioner of another human being. That is not the test. All right, Jeff thoughts. Well, being here in Columbus, we've thought about this for almost an entire year and comparing what the officers were there for as far as arresting this young man versus 
who the officer has been the last 22 years and what he has done to this community is gross. So Anderson's attorney, Mark Collins said the case should revolve around the reasons behind Anderson's decision to use deadly force and not if he used it. If a 30 year police vet cannot look in a bedroom and tell the difference between a weapon and a vape pen, he should not have been allowed to retire. This shouldn't have taken almost a year and it will be longer by the time all of this is gone. Too much, especially for here in Central Ohio. Anybody in Ohio and Columbus knows exactly what I'm talking about. It's a long list of names of black men being killed by the police. Yep. We will update as the story develops. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, good to be with you. A lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Lynn says, Ken Karen needs to stop day drinking. Yeah. Winter scoop. Winter scoop. Karen, I'm afraid of you, she said while leaning inside his car window. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that permission, Lady PT. Um, and thank you for the gift. Good morning, Dr. Richard. Yes, morning. I'm retired and my day starts when I damn well please. <laughs> Thank you for all that you do. You are an inspiration. By the way, to keep it clean, you can call me Lady PT. I appreciate that. All right, and David Morris, Doc, you should have warned us about this level of carenicity. It's like Chernobyl out here. It is. I'll warn next time. We may have to start getting a, a warning label for extreme carenicity. Uh, Shadows and Roses, thank you so much for that. Uh, Doc, those much older Karens are also referred to as Miss Ann, especially in the context of um, of this, as this, I wish a Karen would. Yeah, okay. Thank you for that reminder, yep. C. Michael Henson, thank you, C. Michael. Uh, since the United States Constitution say, states that cops are not obligated to protect their citizens, uh, then they need to remove the words protect and serve from all of their property. I gotta tell you, uh, you may have a point. It may be false advertisement, mm. okay? Private company would definitely be guilty of that. Uh, Sweet Peas, member for 10 months, thank you so much. Barnacle Boy swimming to the rescue for the Alabama Slammer on the sideline. And Jasmine Sade, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you so much, we appreciate you joining the team. All right, hell of a thing. Black woman gets arrested, falsely arrested because of facial recognition technology. And beyond the facial recognition technology, a whole bunch of incompetent people. Let's put up the picture full mass. I'm about to give you a hell of a story. Detroit woman is now suing the city and the police detective after she was falsely arrested because of facial recognition technology while she was eight months pregnant. Let me give you background to the allegation. Portia Woodruff, 32 years of age, young lady, young mother, was getting her two children ready for school on the morning of February 16th. When six police officers showed up at her doorstep and presented her with an arrest warrant alleging robbery and carjacking. She's getting her kids ready for school. 
she's eight months pregnant. Woodruff initially believed the officers were joking, giving her visibly pregnant state. They were not, they arrested her on the spot. Ms. Woodruff later discovered that she was implicated as a suspect through a photo lineup shown to the victim of the robbery and carjacking, following an unreliable facial recognition match, court documents say. The robbery victim told people that on January 29th, he met a woman who he had sexual intercourse with. At some point in the day, they went to a BP gas station where the woman interacted with several individuals, according to the lawsuit. Then they left for another location where the victim was robbed and carjacked at gunpoint by a man whom the woman had interacted with earlier at the BP station. The victim told police his phone was returned to the gas station two days later. The lawsuit filed Thursday in the US District Court of Eastern Michigan. Names Detective Lashantia Oliver, who was assigned to the case as a defendant. The lawsuit alleges that when Oliver learned that a woman had returned the victim's phone to the gas station, she ran facial technology on the video, which identified the individual in the video as Ms. Woodruff. Now, let me stop here before I go to the rest of the story. We've talked about AI technology on this program before. As a matter of fact, I've debated a guy about the regulations required for AI technology or for these particular types of programs that tend to adversely impact black folk. He actually agreed that the programs do seem to penalize black people more so than any other group. Let me talk about the deliberate failures in addition to the facial recognition technology. The lawsuit says, Detective Oliver stated in detail in her report that what she observed in the video footage and there was no mention of the female suspect being pregnant. When a man was arrested driving the victim's car on February 2nd, Oliver failed to show him a picture of Woodruff according to court documents. These are failures in detective work. The victim was also shown a lineup of potential suspects. Out of these potential suspects, Ms. Woodruff was identified as the woman he was with when he was robbed. Oliver used an eight year old picture, however, of Woodruff in the lineup from an arrest in 2015, despite having access to her current driver's license. On the day Ms. Woodruff was arrested, she and her fiance urged officers, please check the warrant to confirm whether the woman who committed the crime was pregnant, which they refused to do, the lawsuit alleges. Once arrested, Ms. Woodruff was charged with robbery. She was charged with carjacking and released from the Detroit Detention Center at around 7 p.m. on a $100,000 personal bond. Her fiance took her to a medical center where she was diagnosed with a low heart rate due to dehydration. Was told she was having contractions from stress related to the incident. There's more. On March 6th, the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office dropped the case for insufficient evidence, according to the lawsuit. 
The prosecutor's office said the warrant that led to Woodruff's arrest was on solid ground, saying, quote, that the warrant was appropriate based upon the facts. The office said it was dismissed because the victim failed to appear during a preliminary hearing, which was intended to ensure there's sufficient evidence to prosecute. Now, I wanna go ahead and call out the BS of the prosecutor. Um, If you have individuals on camera, if you have a serious felony, like you know, robbery and carjacking, the evidence connected to that will not typically mandate um, the victim be there for that phase of the case. But let's say the case goes down the road a little bit. You cannot find the victim, that's fine, you can subpoena them. Why did you not exercise your right of subpoena? That's a dangerous person, right? I'm bringing this to everybody's attention because I'm letting you know that it's BS. That they would simply drop a case like this because of insufficient evidence given the victim didn't show up. No, they knew, they knew the officer, the detective fouled, they knew it. They tried to cover it up even more. All right, Detroit Police Chief James E. White said he reviewed the allegations in the lawsuit, which he said are very concerning. He continued to say, quote, we are taking this matter very seriously. We cannot comment further at this time due to the need for additional investigation. We will provide further information once additional facts are obtained. and We have a better understanding of the circumstances. Please keep in mind, the reason why we are aware of the insane, insane lack of investigative prowess of this detective, the failure of the facial recognition technology and the alleged cover up that took place beyond is because this woman decided to file a lawsuit, that's it. Please know, there are many people who are railroaded by this very same system. Charges get dropped, many times the response is, thank God. I'm glad I did not get prosecuted as an innocent person. Oh, they figured it out. But see, damage has been done. Damage has been done, arrest made, reputation damaged also. She brought the lawsuit standing up for herself, which hopefully will correct the system to make it better in that local jurisdiction. I'm very thankful, ma'am, for your leadership. I know it's not easy going through these processes. All right, Jeff, thoughts? Yeah, so I want to go back to the original thing that happened here where a man was robbed and carjacked. I hopefully they will catch the person or people involved with that because that's messed up in itself. But as we went through this article and you did a great job, of course, everything that came out was just so messed up. It would appear that the officers involved with this were just trying to make an arrest rather than being accurate or correct or precise in the situation. What Portia Woodruff went through is also heinous, she deserved way better than this. And apparently facial recognition technology thinks all black people look alike. In addition to the man who picked her out of an array of six people, also thinks a lot of black people look alike. This was messed up all across the board. I hope she gets justice and more than the compensation that she needs here. Because if they don't, they're not gonna see any change moving forward. Yeah, there you go. And listen, 
how do you operate as a detective? And the man who is the victim is right there in front of you. The one question, the woman that you had intercourse with, sir, was she pregnant or not? <laughs> okay, she wasn't pregnant. Well, the woman that we just arrested is eight months pregnant, sir. See, at some point, I do think they realize that and still try to cover it up. That's my point. That's Absolutely. why this lawsuit is necessary. Okay, imagine this, the cops come to your house. The cops come to your house. You have a Pomeranian, you got a dog. The dog is a little excited. Cop is yelling, I shoot him. Tries to shoot the dog. Misses the dog and shoots you. And then lies and say, oh, I ain't shoot nobody. Put up the picture for a mask. That's exactly what happened. Lawsuit has now been filed against the Columbia County, Arkansas deputy, the sheriff, the sheriff's office after the deputy shot at a Pomeranian. But the bullet hit the woman standing on her front porch instead. Tina Height, the woman who was shot on August 2022, initially called 911 for help with a domestic violence incident, but now has a bullet lodged in her skin due to an irresponsible, irrational police officer. And not only is she dealing with the anxiety of this, but also ongoing doctor's visits. Quote, I'm nervous to ever call the police again. That's for sure, Height said. I expected him to come for my protection, and instead, I was the victim. Let's put up this picture, okay? This woman deserved protection, not to be shot because the officer did not like dogs. Williams appeared to aim at the Pomeranian, but instead hit Miss Height who was standing right next to another deputy. Now, just, just pause on that moment. This means that the cop, as easily as he shot her, could have shot the other cop. This is how irresponsible these individuals are. Later in the video, Williams claims one of Height's dogs scratched her instead of her being shot. Now, I've seen the video and for uh, licensing purposes, we're not able to show the full video, but I can tell you what I saw in the video clearly. He shoots, you hear a scream. You cannot fake this kind of scream. This is the kind of scream that's so authentic, anyone knows it's real, even that cop. And you hear her say, you shot me. You hear others trying to get her inside of the home. He's saying, no, 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 I shot, I shot the dog, I shot at the dog. I ain't sure. No, he did, but he tried to claim that the dog must have bit her. Trey Kitchens, Heights attorney, called the deputy's actions beyond negligent. I agree with Trey, quote, he missed, he didn't hit the dog and instead shot my client. With his fellow deputy standing about eight inches away from my client. 
Now, I want to say this. When the deputy arrived and the dog was barking, his whole attitude was just really, really extreme. He pulled out his gun immediately. Get your dog, I'ma shoot him. Get your dog, I'ma shoot him. Get your dog, I'ma shoot him. He said that over and over again. There was nothing in his voice that would have caused anybody to deescalate, including the dog, who was just excited because of all of the energy back and forth. This woman called because of a domestic violence incident. This man came there and shot the woman and could have shot his colleague and then lied about it. When obviously he should have been trying to make sure she got help. But he's in the damn video talking about he didn't just shoot somebody. Lawson also names the former Columbia County Sheriff. This is Mike Lowe, all right? Kitchen said, quote, while also alleging that the sheriff clearly did not train him properly, did not educate him, did. And if that kind of behavior is appropriate, that's a big issue with that department in general. Once again, I concur. Uh, let's go to the acting sheriff today. This is uh, Sheriff Leroy Martin wrote on Facebook this week in response to uh, KATV's reporting, quote, as your sheriff, I must respond to this inaccurate story. During this incident, I was not the acting sheriff. But I will say that the incident was investigated by the Arkansas State Police and the deputy was cleared. The incident was handled by the previous sheriff. And I too will stand with our deputy on this matter. That is called a feckless leader. Uh, the man shot a person who called 911. Let, let's put it this way, Sheriff. What if, let's say, somebody who's not a cop tries to shoot a dog because the dog is barking, but instead shoots a human being? Do you arrest that person for at least Gross negligence, of course you do. Criminal negligence, that's the charge. Even if there was no intent, intent can be transferred. Which means you had no business trying to shoot the dog anyway. So the intent is transferred from the dog to the human being. You can make an arrest. But all of a sudden the rules change when it's a cop. All right, um, so there was a request for the deputy's personal file in a search of reprimand or suspension documents, but guess what, none exist. It's unclear whether the deputy has gone through any additional training because of the incident. However, his file does include training certification spanning over several years. And this is why lawsuits are so important. Um, the lawsuit will eventually bring out the facts as they have been covered. People are going to go under oath, deposition, or they will simply say, let us simply admit to what happened, pay the settlement, so we do not have to be forced to tell the truth or do the unthinkable, lie under oath and get charged ourselves. So sad. Jeff, thoughts here. As much content as I create about the police and as much as we talk about police here on this show, you'd be hard pressed to find me shocked about any story about law enforcement. And I gotta tell you, I am so surprised about how bad this is, but I do wanna add this. The DOJ estimates that around 25 to 30 dogs are killed by cops every day, with some numbers as high as 10,000 per year. The totals could, in fact, be higher since most police agencies do not formally track officer involved shootings involving animals. Gross. Yep. That's all okay. I'm saying. This is messed up. 
I, at first, I didn't even know what a Pomeranian was, and I looked it up. I'm like, what was that dog going to do to you to where you needed to shoot it and missed, by the way? Yeah, I mean, almost killed mm. her. And honestly, his colleague eight inches away from her. But he gets no penalty, he gets cleared. There's no negligence and the new sheriff is standing by him because he wasn't the sheriff back then, man, please. All right, we'll bring you updates as they come. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, always good to have you. We covered this story when it happened, you remember? Cop puts a woman in the back of a police car, leaves the police car on the train track. And the train, well, here it is. Put it up. So that now ex cop left the woman on the train track has been convicted. Jordan, Jordan Stake, a former Fort Lupton co officer, has been convicted by a judge. And the charges, two out of the three charges brought against her. So let me give you some of the background. The charges stem from a botched arrest. That resulted in the woman being handcuffed. She was placed in the back of the patrol car. Patrol car was placed on a train track that's active. And that individual was hit by a train, a freight train. So Jordan, the cop was fired following the conviction. Following the conviction, not before. Jim. Uh, Judge Timothy Kearns found the ex-officer guilty of two misdemeanors, reckless endangerment and third degree assault after five day trial. Stating she ignored what she consciously observed. And noting that the railroad tracks and signs on the highway were visible, ABC News reported. Now, I want to remind everybody, you know, they decided, the defense decided to do a trial by judge, okay? All right, although initially, There was a felony charge for attempted reckless manslaughter. The officer who waived her right to a jury trial ultimately was acquitted on that particular count by the judge. So while this looks like a conviction, it looks like a conviction, it is not. The judge dismissed uh, acquitted the officer of the most heinous offense, but decided to convict on the lesser offenses. Irony is the lesser offenses indicate the larger one. Uh, Lawyers for uh, the young lady, uh, Yorini Rios Gonzalez say the client's life is forever changed because of the officer's recklessness on September 16th, 2022, the young mother suffered a fractured tibia, 
a broken arm, nine broken ribs, a fractured sternum. She allegedly even suffered a traumatic brain injury. With her lawyers, she has filed a civil lawsuit against the officers involved. Video showed the officer handcuffed Ms. Rios Gonzalez under suspicion, suspicion of involvement in a road rage case and placed her into the patrol car. The 21 year old can be heard questioning the officer about where she was going. To which the officer responds that she's taking her to one of the patrol cars, which was parked on an active train track. The officer then left Ms. Rios Gonzalez alone in this police cruiser while she conducted a search of the suspect's vehicle. During this time, the officer, the officers and the victim heard the loud sound of an approaching freight train. Before the officer or Platteville Police Officer Sergeant Pablo Vasquez, who was also investigating the road rage incident, could react to the train colliding with the car containing Rios Gonzalez. This is how the patrol car looked following the collision. Okay, it is a miracle that this woman survived. The cop who did it got convicted of misdemeanors. Vasquez is also facing eight misdemeanor charges in the case, as it was his vehicle that was parked on the tracks. He was also, he has also been terminated, is awaiting his criminal case. Now, now get this. Now he's not a person that put her there. He's a person that parked the car there. All right, that's a property issue. Okay, that's just a property issue. The other cop, she decides to put a human being in that property. She gets convicted of two misdemeanors. This man has eight misdemeanors for a property issue. This is why we're so messed up. There's a whole human being whose life is forever changed. The judge does the, ah, I'm convicting you, but I'm not. The headline is, cop gets convicted for BS. The officer was an officer until the conviction. The department didn't even take it seriously. She was still being paid by taxpayers, even though she damn near killed a whole human being because of criminal negligence, something that anyone else would have been charged for and convicted based on the felony statute. Because what does the felony statute say? Your negligence was known because you had a certain knowledge of the danger. You don't think an officer who works that beat knows that that's a train track? You don't think the officer who works that beat understands that train track is active and still put a person in danger because, well, let's face it, she just didn't give a damn about the life of the individual. All right, Jeff Thoughts. Yet another example of property over people. I cannot for the life of me understand why A, someone would park their car there when the few times a year where I go over train tracks, I'm keenly aware of it. There's signs, and yep. when you go over the tracks themselves, there's a big bump on your car. And I can't understand why an officer would put a woman in the car that's on the tracks. As I'm understanding, there may have been another vehicle available. None of yep. this makes sense. Not no. one aspect or element 
of this story makes sense. And then, look, I understand what the attorneys do. I respect that. But one said, this accident has haunted Officer Stinky every single day since it occurred. It was a horrific accident. What? Are we talking about compare that to how the victim feels? But right, just doing a job. I understand that, but man, none of this yeah. makes any sense. I mean, damn, you know, judge, can you at least make her pay for everything? Pay for the uh, the hospital uh, bills, the rehabilitation, something to show that you are human yourself. All right, uh, we'll update as it comes. Looks like the other cop going on trial himself. Mitch McConnell, well, he's been told to retire by, well, a lot of people during this event. Here it is. My friends, I'll be honest, it's not hard for Republicans to look good these days. We're up against the folks who gave you record high inflation. We're up against folks who closed schools and then told you that teachers unions know what's best for your kids. We're up against folks who'd rather let repeat offenders walk free than get tough on crime. I'm glad Governor Bashir finally decided to come to Fancy Farm. It's been the first Saturday in August for 143 years. But Andy only seems to make time for you all when he's staring down Election Day. <laughs> put up the picture. Now, I know the Lord is not going to put me in a situation where I start feeling bad for Mitch McConnell. Mitch, I need you to retire now, sir. Immediately. Senator Mitch McConnell, Republican, Kentucky, was met with retire, retire now. From the crowd while delivering remarks in his home state at the annual fancy farm picnic. Now, I don't know what a fancy farm picnic is. But I promise you, sir, I won't get booed as much as you did at the fancy farm picnic. <laughs> it is time to hang it up, my man. Seriously. All right. In a widely circulated social media clip, the crowd is heard booing and chanting retire. Uh, then there was another chant that started, lost the Senate. Lost the Senate as McConnell, who has long been targeted, been a target of criticism from his party's right wing, especially after he turned on former President Donald Trump. Said that he and his wife, Elaine, are excited to be back at the event featuring Democratic and Republican speakers. McConnell did not acknowledge the jeers. From the crowd throughout his speech, he criticized Democratic Kentucky governor. Who sat behind him during his remarks and is up for re-election this year for COVID-19 restrictions? He was trying to get some cool points. It didn't work. Trump, uh, Trump, who McConnell fell out with after he condemned the then president after the you know terrorist attack on January 6th, mocked the GOP leader in a Truth Social post on Monday. I agree. Trump, a Republican presidential candidate, wrote. McConnell spoke at the annual event amid intensified concerns over his health. He appeared to freeze for 19 seconds during a weekly Republican leadership news conference last month, went silent and was walked away by another senator. 
Now, I'm going to say this, I, I don't know if McConnell did that speech for the sake of giving that speech. I think he actually did it because he wanted to show a contrast between his condition now and his condition then. They were well aware he was not a favorite in crowds like that um, due to his public beef with Trump. Uh, let me remind you of the incident that I think sparked what you see today. Here it is. That's a very serious thing, all right? Um, The health incident that we all saw, we actually broke it right here. The health incident added to a series, to a series of others this year, which began in March when McConnell was hospitalized with a concussion and with a minor rib fracture. And he was discharged days later before he entered rehab. He didn't return to the Senate, however, until mid-April. Earlier this month, he tripped and fell at the Washington DC airport. NBC News reported that. Once again, he was not seriously injured. Um, and I gotta say this, he, to, the, to those who, um, who are around Mitch McConnell, do you wanna wait until the man is seriously injured? Or just keep using him as a proxy for your you know, perverted agenda? Now granted, I'm no fan of McConnell. I think the guy has done great evil to this world by way of policy. Um, But I'm not evil, they are. That's why I don't think like them. I would much prefer he preserve his life, step down, retire. All right, Jeff, thoughts? Yeah, that uh, fancy farm picnic sounds like it was catered by Cracker Barrel and presented by Ace Hardware. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, so Mitch McConnell, he needs to retire. Honestly, if I was there, I wouldn't be. But I will be chanting shame along with retire and everything else. But I got to say, oh, I don't want to do this. But in that speech, despite people heckling him, he didn't freeze or miss a beat. He kept going. He didn't even acknowledge the crowd. Incredible. So if this was his bounce back, he did a good job with his evil self. Right, yeah, um, McConnell can still read. <laughs> All right, um, very, very heartfelt story. All right, The Rock does something very special for a man experiencing homelessness. Here it is. I'll tell you when it happened because I was in Zimbabwe. We had just finished building the ball and we we're going to meet the guy. And I said to my friend, I'm going to the, bar, to the shower to shower. Then um, as I went out of the shower, I saw a message from one of the guys from the management. He's like, did you see your Twitter? Then I said, what you mean? Then I say, and then I look up, then I see, oh, it's the rock who wrote to me and say X, Y, Z. And I was like, what the hell was this? I didn't, I didn't sleep that night, if I have to be honest. Wow, you know, it's crazy how what can happen when you are able to tell your story, who you can touch, who you can inspire. And yeah, it's, it's a blessing, you know. I, I just feel like, you know, it's, it's the life we live, man. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's my my family. Oh my god. So hey, I wanted to bring oh you god. here. Ah. <laughs> ah. So Tamba, um, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know anybody who lives here. I wanted to come here. I wanted to bring you here. I wanted to look you in the eye and I wanted to tell you, welcome home. Uh, oh my God, thank you. Uh. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Put up the picture. So this is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Surprising Thimba, Rimbo, UFC fighter, the new home after learning that he was actually sleeping at the gym and saving money to bring his family to the US from Zimbabwe. Johnson surprised the MMA fighter at the MMA Masters Gym in Miami, Florida, where he trains in a video shared on social media. It features this talented MMA fighter discussing Johnson's response to a tweet about having $7.49 in his bank account before he won his first fight. Um, there's a lot more video. Uh, you will see if you look at it directly, um, their connection was authentic. Um, they were riding together, laughing together, um, and they shared some tears together. It was Beautiful, our big ups to The Rock and big ups to this brother who has a heart of gold. Jeff thoughts. Yeah, I'm glad The Rock is matching a heart of gold with having a heart of gold himself. That's a beautiful story. I'm so glad we ended with that. And it's just a reminder for me that so many of us are waiting for The Rock or Mr. Beast or Bob Vila to give us free houses or build one for us. So I'm waiting, I guess. So yeah. You know, job, maybe, maybe we can't give everybody homes. But let me tell you what you can do. You can give everybody a smile. You can make the person that doesn't have much feel like the CEO of Coca-Cola. Just speak to them right. You can give <laughs> folks respect. All right. Those things count too. Always a pleasure, dear brother, to have you on the program. Tell people they can follow you. Check out your great work. Yep, I am on Rebel HQ every day of the week. I have a YouTube channel called We Gonna Be Alright, and I am gonna be on rolling out. Yes. Look forward to you, dear brother. All right, as always, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.